a lot can change when you just start following those signs and the patterns and the curiosities. And I think life is always giving us those things and it's, are we paying attention and are we connected to ourselves and our guidance system so that we know to actually follow those nudges and feel brave to do so? Once you know this stuff, it becomes the lens which you see the world through. And just like normal people, we're going to experience challenges in life. We're going to experience obstacles, especially when you're growing, especially when you're like running a business, working with people in a relationship. Life throws you obstacles to help you grow. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, I have two very, very special souls on the podcast this week, based off a number of you asking me questions around the type of coaching I do, the kind of work that I offer, and how I actually got into all of this. And I thought, what better souls to get on the show than two of my most favorite humans, Juliet Lever and Paul Elicio. They run Evolve and Relaunch, which was established uh, when they joined forces, not only as partners, but also business partners. Their vision is to, vision is to create a community of coaches who are successful, confident, and who understand their clients' needs and how to truly get results through their world-class Evolved Neurolinguistic Programming, NLP, hypnotherapy and master practitioner courses that they deliver worldwide. Above all, these two beautiful souls pride themselves on educating a community how to not only help others, but to ultimately transform their own lives as individuals. One of their greatest things at the moment is their hope movement, helping other people evolve. At Evolve and Relaunch, these two souls help small business owners, personal trainers, holistic health practitioners, everybody and anybody, parents, anyone in relationship, any one of you that communicate with other humans, you will know that you can do this work to create lasting change and get better results personally and professionally. And at the end of the show is an incredibly special offer and gift just for you. So if you're flirting with the possibility of understanding what makes you tick more, if you can really get to understand what your beliefs, your values, where you've made decisions, what emotions drive you, how to be a bigger, better version of yourself, let go of the past, stop letting things holding you back and understand that life is happening for you, not to you, then I know you are going to love this week's podcast. Please share your comments, thoughts, and feedbacks on my Instagram page, Kim Morrison and the number 28, Facebook, Kim Morrison Training, or you can head on over to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. Please check out the amazing Juliet and Paul at their website, evolveandrelaunch.com.au, and you will absolutely find a plethora of information about how you can personally evolve. I hope you enjoy this week's show as much as I enjoy bringing it to you. Take care, be kind, and I look forward to seeing you next week the same place with another beautiful guest. All the best now. One of my absolute favorite things to do each and every week is to bring you a big load of inspiration. And this week, we have two incredible souls. 
They are my mentors, my teachers, they're beautiful friends, and they are incredibly clever at what they do. And based on the questions that you guys have been asking me lately, I thought, let's get these two amazing souls on. Welcome, gorgeous Juliet Lever and Paul Alessio. Thanks, Kim. We're really excited, as always, to speak with your beautiful self. Well, you know that I have interviewed both of you independently on the show, but, you know, lately, guys, I've been getting a lot of questions around the type of work that I do, the type of coaching that it entails, and I just thought, wouldn't it be awesome to get you two on talking about the basics of NLP, timeline, what it means to be coached or coachable, maybe even that this work isn't just about being a practitioner, but how it can improve us all on a daily basis. So perhaps I could ask one of you to explain to us, or you two jump and dive the way you do, you know, what got you both into this work and why do you think it is one of the most profound teachings that you've ever come across? Um, well, I'll jump in. I think for me, what got me into this work was out of necessity. In my late teens, early 20s, I was really, really struggling. I was going through a lot in the external world, a lot of transition, a lot of change in my family, in leaving sort of high school and my first real relationship and, um, you know, the, the big challenges that come at that sort of point in a person's life. And I wasn't really dealing with it very well. I was really suffering from a lot of anxiety, panic attacks. Uh, my body started having a lot of symptoms because of the stress that my mind was under. And I'd gone and seen doctors and none of them really were asking me what was going on with me. They just want to do all these different physical tests, but never really kind of understanding what was happening in my internal world. And it wasn't until I stumbled across some tapes from uh, Tony Robbins and that kind of opened my eyes up to the power of what these tools can do because it literally took me from a kid that couldn't leave my bedroom, that had to run through shopping centers because I was so anxious, so nervous, and so afraid of the world. And it really got me to start thinking about how powerful my thoughts and emotions were and how that affected how I experienced the world. And as I started to shift that, my my worldview, my possibilities opened back up again. And I really started to notice how much taking control of my mind, body, and soul was in my control. And that really then got me to make a huge shift in what I did for a job and what was possible for me. And then I started working with people. And then pretty quickly, I found that the challenges my clients were having, I was a personal trainer at the time, weren't just exercise-based. They weren't just nutrition-based. Like It didn't matter how good our exercise program was or the nutrition plan we had was. It was all based down to what they were thinking and feeling and what was going on internally that would affect their results. Whether they'd stick to the plan or they'd sabotage, all came down to like what they believed about themselves, what was important to them and what kind of emotions they had associated to, you know, exercise or nutrition or what being in a relationship meant. And so when I started uncovering that with clients, it just changed the game of what was possible for them. And I found my once a month sit down sessions, talking about what was going on in the internal world and helping them have those shifts. It did more than three times a week at the gym. And so I just moved this way. And now I'm lucky enough to teach with my beautiful life partner as well and share this gift with people everywhere we go. Yeah, I think, I, think I was just going to say, Juliet, from your perspective and hearing the man that you are in a lifelong relationship with, before we hear how you got into it, how does that make you feel when you hear the love of your life talk like that? It's, it's 
always a gift to hear Paul speak and share his journey and the tools and the skills that I sometimes reflect upon, especially when we're running a huge training or we'll have a student or someone who's studied or an incredible person in our community talk to us and thank us for sharing these skills with us. I'll sometimes think, imagine if you had just taken the easy road and done a sort of typical nine to five job and stayed in that shell. Mm. And what would the world have missed out on? And that's something that drives me forward every single day is I think all humans have this potential. And I think being in a relationship and a partnership with a man who is so always tapping into his potential, it inspires me to be the best version I can be daily. But it also makes me so grateful because we're not only having so much fun together, but we're also having a real meaningful difference that we're able to mm. make in the world. So I'm, I'm glad you asked me that question. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> well, and I think it's fair to say he's probably just as lit up listening to and watching you. You were a real, and I say this with love, but a typical corporate ladder climber in the sense of the word, where you were actually working your butt off to climb the so-called ladder of success. Could you just talk us a little bit through about how you were on the brink of or went through burnout and how that just is not sustainable? And then what was your turning point? Absolutely. Well, I think it's it's interesting when we talk about our potential as a child, I was always super curious. And then I had a lot of kind of life experiences where I learned to shut myself down and keep myself small and do things that quote unquote, you know, made me seem successful, made other people proud of me, but weren't really what I wanted to do. And so I embarked on trying to make my parents proud and showing how much money I could make in the corporate world and getting praise and recognition for getting married at a young age. And yes, ticking all those boxes, but deep down inside, I had this curiosity about like, well, why are we all here? And what what is the purpose of all of this? Am I really born to pay bills and earn money and go out drinking on the weekend? Like surely there's more to life than this. And I had these, these burning questions that just wouldn't go away. And, and as I tried to stifle them, it manifested in anxiety and different kind of symptoms that I knew once I got to sort of my mid to late 20s, I couldn't keep blanketing and ignoring. And the more I listened to those inner signals, the more I started opening up that curiosity, the more my life that I'd built based on everything I thought I needed to do to be successful started crumbling away. My marriage started falling apart. I stopped being as inspired in my work. It just wasn't lighting me up anymore. And I'm always, I think one of the elements and attitudes of what we teach is having this attitude of curiosity. And so it comes back to that inner child that I had is always being curious. And I love noticing patterns and recognizing patterns. And one of the things that I really started to recognize as I started my healing journey was there was this common theme amongst some of the most successful people I met, which was that they had studied this thing called NLP. And even I had a mentor at the time tell me one of the most powerful things you could learn is hypnotherapy and how your mind is actually programmed. And I had enough instances of different people. Like one of the things, one of my favorite pieces of advice that my father ever gave me was never get all of your truths from one place. And I had enough different examples of people thriving that had studied NLP and hypnotherapy that I knew it was one of the puzzle pieces for me on my quest. And it's a 
a longer story than I can probably go into on this podcast, Kim, but after a psychic told me I was going to meet a man called Paul, and yes, she did give me his name, I still sometimes pinch myself that I am sitting here with my life partner and and meeting Paul and knowing that he's an NLP and hypnotherapy trainer was just one of the biggest spin-out moments of my whole life. So a a lot can change when you just start following those signs and the patterns and the curiosities, and I think life is always giving us those things, and it's are we paying attention, and are we connected to ourselves and our guidance system so that we know to actually follow those nudges and feel brave to do so. So it's so beautiful listening to you both speak. And there's such a beauty in the admiration, love and respect that you hold for one another. I imagine though, working together, growing together, evolving together each and every day, there'll be moments where you may not agree, or there may be times where you have different opinions I imagine with this work, having trained under you both, that you cannot unknow this work or you cannot just use it at whim. (laughs) You are ensconced and it becomes a part of you so that your life can become the best of your life. How do you both handle it when you're both in conflict or maybe indifference, if that's a better word? And on the back end of that question, there'll be some people listening to this whose partners would never want to do this work. And this is the reason why I'm coming from this angle. I want to know, even if you wanted to just do it for yourself, could you just bring us in about those two angles? Yeah, 100%. I think like what you said, Kim, once you know this stuff, it becomes the lens which you see the world through. And just like normal people, we're going to experience challenges in life. We're going to experience obstacles, especially when you're growing, especially when you're like running a business, working with people in a relationship. Life throws you obstacles to help you grow. And so what I've noticed is the way we ride the waves gets better, but also the the size of the waves gets smaller as you begin to be able to navigate them easier. So we don't tend to get thrown off a path as quickly for or as long as I used to before knowing these skills. Like, you know, when life happens and someone says something or does something, you'll still occasionally experience an emotional reaction, but the time it takes to get like most people stuck in it, live in it, draw it out and make it a bigger thing, it gets a lot smaller and easier to deal with when you can see through the lens of the skills that we teach because you actually get a lot of learnings and lessons when these things do come up. And so you're always reflecting on, okay, how why have I brought this to myself? How can I learn from this? What is this about me that the person's reflecting? And so whenever someone is pushing a button in your life or you know is doing something that reflects back to you, you tend to get these insights, which actually speeds up your evolution and helps you to change quicker. And I find that you know, listening to and responding to those feedback signals that you're getting from life, business, relationship, friends, you tend to learn faster and you don't tend to be stuck in the same cycles and repeat them for as long as I would have or I've seen other people doing that haven't learned these skills. And I think, you know, as a partnership, our communication skills have really, really opened up. I know that being with Julia and having that open communication is a real gift and having that ability to talk through problems and help each other to see different points of view, it just makes life so much easier. And I think that ability to navigate life with someone that that sees the world a similar way does help. But also I've heard from students that maybe their partner hasn't studied it, 
they've showed up differently because they've worked on their own things. So like the weird thing that happens in relationship is your partner's going to reflect any sort of triggers, any unhealed parts of yourself, because even the great Carl Jung used to say that we tend to marry our unconscious mind and project all of our unresolved issues onto them. And so as you work through your own stuff, your partner will show up different. They'll stop pushing those buttons because those buttons won't be there anymore. And they'll change, not because they changed, but because you now are seeing a richer, fuller version of themselves and they're not locked into the perception of them that you thought they were. And so when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And one of my favorite sayings is people will be who you need them to be so you can see what you need to see. And a lot of times the people in your life will change as you change yourself. So the world's really reflecting back yourself. And I think... I'm lucky enough to see a beautiful person in my relationship and reflecting those things back to me. So, um, you know, that's a sign of growth. And when things do come up, it's always a reflection point for myself to go, okay, great. What is this about me? What do I need to shift? How can I show up a more, you know, evolved version of myself in this relationship too? And so it just makes life a lot easier to navigate. I think you articulated that well. I would add that, uh, we are both high dominance on the D, on the disc scales, the dominance. <laughs> and so when it comes to our business, I always have this joke that having your own business is one of the greatest personal development courses. It's like a personally designed personal development course where it will show you all of your stuff, but then supercharging it is having a business that you run with your partner. <laughs> so I think it just brings up this extra level of complexity and we tend to always come back to our intention and our why. You know, what is our purpose? What is our why? Why are we doing this? And that helps us to to ground and refocus when we are in say a conflict situation and I think that's a real key for anyone in relationship, whether you're in business or not, is when you're having a conflict or a disagreement is for both of you just to come and reset to well, what, why are we doing this? Why are we here? What's the purpose? And that will help to kind of get you both on the same page so that you can start to find that agreement as well. Uh, but we definitely have robust conversations. I think we're both very aware of projecting onto one another. I still sometimes catch myself saying like, oh, sorry, I just made you my dad or my ex-husband or, you know, because those things do still, no matter how much of the inner work you do, people talk about peeling back the layers of the onion. There's still always going to be like fractals in your unconscious mind or in your nervous system where you'll have those unconscious responses. But for us in partnership and in this work, it's about how quickly we can understand what's been triggered and then take ownership for it rather than pointing the finger at the other person, which mm. doesn't really get us anywhere. Yeah, and I think our ability to be present with each other and allow each other to go through whatever we're going through, that's healing in itself. You know, to have someone there with you in it is really, really powerful and for them not to expect or want you to be different or to change and just give you that space, I think in a relationship is really, really powerful as well. Yeah, you're both magnificent and I dare say it doesn't always just hasn't come easy, but it's been a real respectful, intentional growth and ability for you both to actually see this work come to life. I, I, I'm curious from the perspective of, we know that neuro-linguistic programming, I mean, it is, and it does come back to modeling excellence. We know there's a history to this. We know that there's some real good hard uh, science and information that proves how our internal world operates. 
But it really comes down to, and you've both touched on it already, which is communication. Yet everyone we meet, no one has ever walked in your shoes. And therefore, I find it quite fascinating that we humans get along at all, given that we are only seeing the world through our idea of what we perceive it to be. And it's not even real. I love the mind-bending language. And I love the fact that we can explore way beyond perhaps conscious thinking. In both of your perspectives then, when it comes down to communication and this internal world on how we see and understand the world through our reality, our ideas, could you both take some time to explain to us what exactly that means about your internal world and how do we become better at communicating by understanding those filters or the way in which we perceive it? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, I think you did an amazing job summarizing a lot of things in a, in one go there. And I think that's really a key piece to kind of look at where it all sort of starts and emanates. And like what you said, people perceive the world through their filters. And so no one is really seeing the same world, experiencing the same world. We're almost living in alternate parallel universes at the same time, which is super fascinating. And what we really teach in our trainings, whether it's the hypnotherapy, the NLP, and the timeline therapy courses is really uncovering and unpacking how your filters over your life experience have been distorting, deleting, and generalizing your world in useful and unuseful ways. Because our base level programming comes early on in life. In the first zero to seven years of our life, we really absorb like a sponge. Everything our parents do and don't do. Anyone that's around us, we're modeling how to be as a person, how to think, how to feel, and how to experience the world. And we take on their beliefs, we take on their emotions, and we take on their value sets, and they really become the way that we we look through the world to make sense of it. And so as we go through life, we're constantly getting these external and internal reinforcements of all of these filters. And it is so useful to stop and have a look at, okay, am I still running old programs? I know everyone listening to this would have a some form of a telephone, some form of a computer. We're always getting updates on our phone saying, hey, newer software available. But how often do we stop and look at the software we're actually operating through and that we see the world with? If we were updating that as often as we were updating our phone, we wouldn't run into the same kind of challenges because the programs that we run are unconscious. They're part of how we do things automatically. And it takes a bit of awareness to stop and look at, okay, what are my beliefs? What are my values? What are my past conditioning and associations? And how is that showing up in my life? And what you're going to notice is certain reoccurring themes and reoccurring patterns and maybe glass ceilings and triggers that keep reemerging and appearing in your life. And as you start to notice those and see those, you then have the awareness and the ability to start shifting them. And so we really teach tools and techniques that are going to help people not only get the awareness, which is really the first piece, but then also to make changes and update the software that's more relevant for the world that they're in now and also for the world they want to create. Because you can't necessarily create the new leap in your job or the new relationship or the new body that you want to create with the same programming that got you your current results. So you know what you have done and what you thought and what you felt before has got you to here but it won't get you to there. So it's really important to look at what's there, look at why you're getting the results you are in the areas of your life that you want to make change in, and then look at what do I need to believe? How do I need to feel and what needs to become important to me in order to become the person that I want to become? And so we really have a framework for people to do that in a way that's 
bringing up light bulbs that brings awareness, but also creates that deep personal transformation and really allows you to be in control of where you're going, where you're headed to, not just letting your unconscious programming dictate your life. Mm, I think it also gives you a a deeper sense of self-awareness that I think self-awareness is a key to everything. You bring yourself into every single situation you are in in life, whether it's your career, your relationship, your health, your financial situation, you are that common denominator. I always like the kind of statement that you are like the sun and all of the people are the pla- in your life are the planets orbiting around you and there's a reason those particular people are orbiting around you and having that awareness that all of those people and the circumstances and situations around you are there to show you something, to reflect back something, something that maybe triggers you, maybe you judge, maybe you're rejecting in yourself, whatever it is, it's like life starts to take on this deeper sense of of meaning and this deeper sense of understanding, wow, out of all the situations I could be having right now, isn't it fascinating that this is what I've brought myself? I wonder what it's here to show me or teach me or to illuminate or to help me evolve with or whatever it is. And so I think it starts turning life a bit into a, not into a game, but into this different depth of understanding. And I think when you come back to those internal filters and the internal representations we have, you're right. It's such a trip that no one else experiences the same version of reality as you do. And I think really recognizing that helps you to, number one, like let go of expectations on others, but number two, understand that everyone's filtering reality through their values and beliefs. And so it helps you notice, you know, actions in the past that you might have judged people for or questioned people for. You can start to understand those through the lens of, well, they're doing what is most important to them based on their values. And the only time really we have conflicts or misunderstanding or disagreements with people is if we're projecting our model of the world onto other people and their model of the world and what's what matters to them is completely different. And so it helps reduce frustration. It helps reduce confusion about why people do certain things. And I think it just allows you to move forward with your life, focusing on what matters for you and, and really letting go of caring what other people think. Because if you are trying to fit into everyone's model of the world, you'll, you'll just be going around in circles. And so I think it allows you to move forward and having cleared and shifted a lot of the programming that I think keeps a lot of people stuck. Unfortunately, today, like there's a lot of people making decisions out of guilt, out of shame, out of fear, and not making decisions and not doing things because we're carrying these programs of the past that are holding us back. And that's how we're filtering our world. And then we're trying to go out there and take action, but we're carrying all of these things that are distorting our ability to perceive a reality that's going to be responsive to us. And so the reason why I think we're so passionate about teaching these things is we have seen hundreds and thousands now of students go through our trainings and we get to witness the human that was inside all along emerge. And that's what lights us up is like there is the the authentic you, and then there is the you that is shrouded by all those layers of programming that aren't even you. And that's what I think for all of us, like, why wouldn't you, if you're going to be living, you're going to be operating in this reality, why wouldn't you, as Paul said, want to have the best up-to-date system that you're running um, if you liken it to that software system? So I just think there's nothing better than seeing a human who's actually empowered, actually moving forward, actually taking responsibility and ownership for their life, but they're not just like doing things out of a void or out of 
a negative, you know, program that is still operating and holding them back. So it's, it's, it's a wild ride. <laughs> it's absolutely fascinating. When you really get it, you just see everything differently. And I think it saves you so much energy because you stop trying to convince people of your perspective and you start living your true life. That's very powerful. You know, my own example, I had a belief that I couldn't speak in public. I was fine to do it as a netball captain, but the minute anyone asked me to speak in front of an audience, based on a situation at 12 years of age where I made the speech finals, dreaded it, wrote the most boring speech I thought, stood up on stage and I had a little voice inside my head go, you're doing great, you haven't forgotten where you're at, looked down and my cards were muddled up and then completely went blank bright red, did everything I could to get off the stage and swore I would never speak in public again. I had a belief I was useless at it. What's fascinating, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, is I kept getting opportunities to speak in public, no matter how much I didn't want to do it, until finally I was offered a position with a company to be there their international presenter, but I had to travel from New Zealand to Melbourne to be trained. These two had just been trained under Tony Robbins, had done their NLP, had done the Landmark Forum, and the only way I was allowed to be a part of that was to do my NLP course and to also do Tony Robbins, not literally, um, to do his course and also to do Landmark Forum. That was like watching a modern-day Oprah, all of those courses. It was fascinating to watch all these people's lives and experiences, and that opened up my perception of, wow, people see it all so differently. Mm. But through practice, and one of the biggest things that I really have worked on through this is stepping into I I loved it and it's it's been something that's been very strong for me as an athlete, but I learned it very young, which was the circle of excellence. And it was taking the resources that I already actually had as a netballer, as a daughter, as a friend, all of these things, and then pulled on these resources to now be paid to speak. I changed my perception and now believe I'm a great public speaker. But the thing that happened for me through that time, it didn't, it wasn't just an overnight choice. Well, actually, maybe it was, but it was the practice of constantly pushing outside my comfort zone and growing and evolving and realizing probably one of the biggest ahas I got from you two was that there was no failure, only feedback. Can you explain then how someone like me, who had such a limiting belief, somehow through being invited to do this work and then meeting you two later on to also now launch my own programs. But in spite of all of that, still continuously see the ability to grow and evolve. Do we ever get there? And if not, or if so, what is your both idea on that comfort zone, circle of excellence, being the best we can and changing, most importantly, those limiting beliefs? What I love about you, Kim, is you're such an amazing teacher, but you also ask such layered questions oh, where you can ask 20 like questions. 20 questions in one question. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best to deconstruct that. And talk, um, if you need to just chime in and, and ask us to go for a bit that we may have missed. Yeah. But I think, like you said, that's a perfect example. Someone who's as amazing as a speaker, as an inspirational person, with such a great life story like you, shines on stage. But when you had that belief holding you back, it's like all that potential, that warehouse of resources, someone turned the lights off and you couldn't find it. It was always there, but it was hidden behind 
a blindfold that was your beliefs. And once you shifted those blindfold and you turned that light back on, you had access to all the cool things that were in that warehouse once again. And so like you reawakened that magic that was always inside you. And so this is what we see all the time in people. Like your example of the public speaking is just one of many ways this shows up in people's life. People have blindfolds that are their beliefs that literally stop them from seeing their potential. And so you shifting that is just one of those key examples of how powerful that is. But also, like you said, stepping out of your comfort zone, expanding, finding your potential and tapping into it is one thing, but growing into it and stepping into it and actually creating that embodied experience of utilizing that potential is the next layer to that. Because you expand your beliefs by doing the mental, emotional work, but when you really take action and you follow through, that's when you cement that change in. Because yeah, okay, now you know I can speak, but once you get up on stage and you do it, it locks it in. Then you do it again and it locks it in. It creates this whole new layer of belief and certainty so it becomes undeniable. And this is what we love seeing in our students. They walk in, they've got blindfolds on, we help them to remove it, and then they can see what's possible. But then they go out, they take action, and they reinforce the new beliefs so that it really creates this concrete confidence, this certainty inside that's unshakable. So you really then... Like the external world can't shake your confidence away anymore. Until you go to the next challenge. And I think what I love about your story that you shared as well about public speaking is I know a bit about your your strategies and we explore a lot about how we have unconscious strategies for everything we do in life. And I know for you, Kim, one of your strategies is you love a challenge. And so wouldn't it have been interesting if public speaking was just something that came so easily to you? You might not have spent so much time going back and refining and studying and practicing because you love that challenge. And every <laughs> Everyone loves a, a good, you know, um, come from behind underdog story, right? And so the fact that that was a challenge, I, you know, I share that very similar thing. I used to break out in hives anytime I would speak. And when I worked in corporate in my early 20s in Melbourne, I used to have to wear skivvies even in the middle of summer if I knew I was having a meeting with one of the directors because I had to hide my like heat rash. I would get anytime I talked in front of anyone, more than two or three people. And, and it's amazing because people often ask me and I think, Practicing public speaking, for example, is such a great muscle to build because it, just like having your own business, just like personal development courses, anything, it's going to bring up your your stuff because it's such a vulnerable space of being seen and heard and and standing up and saying what I have to share is of value. And I think when people ask me what is the best personal development course to do, I honestly believe working on your own stuff, like clearing out any of those repressed emotions and things. Because I know for me in my early 20s, it was all of the harbored guilt and shame and fear that I had buried. That was what the heat rash was. And when I let go of all that stuff, I could stand in front of people fine because I was comfortable with who I was. And so I think being comfortable in who you are is 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 such a gift to give people if you are on stage, aside from all of the, the tips and the practice, of course. But when you asked a moment ago, do you think we're ever done? I love that question because I I always remember the saying, right when you think you've got it, that's when you don't got it. And right when you think you don't have it, that's when you've got it, right? This life, if we had it all figured out, what would we do? We'd just sit around for 30 or 40 years and mm. wait to, to end it. You know, the, the journey of life is always going to bring us challenges, you know, useful or unuseful. We don't really talk about good or bad. It's just, you know, is it useful or unuseful? Um, it's all just experience. And sometimes on the roller coaster of life, you know, you can be 
kicking and screaming all the way, or you can you can laugh and enjoy the ride, knowing that there's always going to be those those ups and downs. But I think you know we're not here painting an illusion, and that's something that we're very upfront about. And I think. Um, you know, it's about learning tools that we, I really like in studying the, the things that we love to share with people. It's like learning how to brush and floss your teeth. You know, you don't do a, a seven day course and then that's it. You're done. You never have to do any inner work, but what you get given is these tools and, and resources that you can use and you can apply. And if you keep using them, they'll just make life a lot more pleasant because it's it's not very nice if you haven't brushed or flossed your teeth for 20 or 30 years. And unfortunately, for a lot of us, we haven't been shown how to upgrade the filters in our thinking and our mind. We, we're not giving those tools. And so we're super passionate about equipping people with those because when you said, you know, do you think we're ever done? No. But when you've got tools that can support you and, you know, like-minded people that you're growing and studying with, it can make it a lot a lot less scary and a lot more fun. Mm. And, you know, we like to have a, a joke about it as well because I think sometimes we take it all so seriously, but, you know, none of us are going to get out of this alive. No. So <laughs> I think, like, I want to just chime in on that are we ever there thing because I believe that everyone is complete but they're never finished. Mm. And wherever you are, you're always there. So, like, life is just a journey of forgetting and remembering. And so we keep going through these cycles and we keep, being revealed this wisdom and this knowledge that we know inherently inside of us, but somehow we've forgotten. So we're recollecting all of this wisdom and it comes in many forms and the challenges come back in a different way. And so like as a coach and as a teacher, it's really about helping people to find what they think they've lost in themselves because it's always already there. Like there's nothing missing in anyone. There's no one broken. It's just their perception has made them think there's something separate or different to themselves. And so really good coaching, really good teaching is having people to have that wisdom that they've already had and realizing it again. I think one of my favorite quote quotes, and I'm going to like kind of paraphrase it is life is really a journey of returning back to the place where you once started, but knowing it again for the first time. And so I feel like this journey of life is always bringing us back to that, the same place, but from a different angle with a different level of understanding and recognition. And each time we get that new level, it's a new level of like foundation of the new starting point. But then again, we get a new challenge at a new level, which brings us back again. And it's like this spiral that just keeps going up. Each time it's a higher level of understanding and recognition, but always back to the same place. And it's, that's really the fun of life, I think. It's almost a bit like the Joseph Campbell, you know, the um, the hero's journey, that we go out on these adventures then we come across, you know, hardship and challenge, then the mentor arises, then we slay the dragons, we then come out, find the treasures, and we come back a bigger, better, newer version of ourselves to set out on a new adventure. In many ways, I look at the training that you guys offer is more than just a beautiful hero's journey. I am constantly looking for the hero within, and you're dead right. We forget that heroine or hero at times. And I think the way you both teach this work makes you so profoundly interested in yourself and your fellow humans. Mm. And what I truly have seen through all of the people that we've had the privilege to study with, work with, and coach is that you get to see the magic of humanity. Mm. And we stop the judgment of uh, perhaps what we thought in the past was right or wrong. And as you said, Juliet, it's just, is it useful for me to think this or not? 
I think the reframing, the understanding that there's always another perspective, if not a truckload of other perspectives, realizing that we've never really got it right, but we've never really got it wrong. What I truly love about the way you both teach this work is you allow us to actually go on the journey. This isn't about digging up your past, trudging through all the horrors, the traumas and the mistakes and really bringing them back up. Could you explain then to someone who may be listening to this going, I'd really like to learn this. I don't know if I want to be a coach, but I do have some limiting beliefs or I do have some stories that I find myself constantly telling How can we work through this or feel bold and brave enough to sign up to one of your programs, knowing that we will be looked after, we're not going to end up being whooped over the coals or feeling like we're destitute? How do you make us feel so freaking fantastic in spite of all our traumas, past and experiences? Well, I like to start with the intention. And so everything we teach our coaches ourselves when we teach and we present is creating this intentionality. And so our intention, number one, is for people to have a profound personal transformation in an environment that's both supportive, but also challenging. We want to support you to feel safe and comfortable to go there and, and find the treasure, but also challenge you to go in and slay the dragons that are just illusions. Because what you realize through the training is that a lot of the shadow monsters that you've created are just perceptions that no longer even exist in reality. They're just an illusion that you're a story you keep telling yourself, a tape that keeps playing in your mind. So we really want to help people to get the power to update them and change them. And so we really create a safe environment with frameworks and tools and techniques that are really empowering, that put you back in control and give you that that steering wheel that you can start directing your life instead of letting your past sort of steer you. Because you're always going to keep bringing yourself your challenges and your problems. And so it's amazing for people to really take the time to reflect on them and realize you're more than your problems. You're more than your challenges and you can rewrite your life story. So all those things that may have happened and may have been the reason why you think you can't do anything can actually become the fuel and the fire to help transform you and be the reason why you do things. And really that motivational force that no matter what's happened to you, you can always get to where you want to go and you have that realization throughout the process. Mm, I think one thing that we're both really big on is creating a really safe space because growth happens through a balance of challenge and support. And so the more safety and support we have with even some of the things that we we pre-frame with, with the group, when you come in and study with us, there's things that we know are likely to come up. There's There's different layers of protection that can come up. And so we kind of prepare you for all of those things so that you can feel safe to drop the guards. And honestly, we live in a society where people having guards up is more normal and comfortable than not, right? Even people have guards up around the people they live in their own homes with. And so we'll have students that study with us that go, like, oh, I've shared more with these people in this training than I have with even my own partner or my family or things like that. And so really creating that that super safe space. And that only comes from us creating that within ourselves as the trainers sharing the fact like we're human too. We are not teaching this stuff pretending to be perfect, right? Like we're always working and applying these things on ourselves and and with ourselves. And I think that's what our community really love as well is like we're walking this path of life as well and discovering things and applying all of these tools that support us. But one of the things that I think also really helps is you get to in the course 
witness other people shifting and transforming and that then makes that safe for you too and it's only at a rate and a speed and a time that's appropriate for you you know like the whole course the journey of it whether it's the hypnotherapy whether it's the nlp whichever side of one whichever side it is it's it's this really beautiful experience of building confidence and also letting go and as you walk through the stages of the course you see one another doing that and and shifting and growing and one of the things that i just always remember obviously paul's been teaching this a lot longer than what I have, maybe twice as long as what I have. You were a baby when you started teaching. I'm nearly up to eight or nine years since I met you. Um, but is that we believe in you more than you believe in your problems. And that might sound cliche, but when it's applied, it's deeply transformational. And that's something that all of our coaches as well, whether people are wanting to become coaches or learn these things purely for their own personal growth, having that capacity to see someone in their potential and see beyond their problems and know that whatever problem they're experiencing or encountering right now, they're bigger than that and more than Mm. that and they can move through that. To have that kind of perspective and belief and actually know that and feel that for someone else helps you to know that and feel that for yourself. And that in itself is is groundbreaking. Transformative, yeah. Mm. I'm sure everyone in their life has had someone, could be a friend, it could be a teacher at school, it could be a family member that just saw your potential and just believed in you so much that when you were around them, when you were with them, it allowed you to step into that. And so we really, as presenters, we know that our beliefs about what's possible for our students is so important. And we really try to feed our students that belief so they can take into their life, so they can see themselves and everyone in their world with that level of potential and that level of belief because then it allows people to step into that. And if we all are doing that, then everyone starts to evolve. Everyone starts to let their light shine because the the more you shine your light, the more it makes it safe for everyone else to do that. And so we really want everyone to be igniters, to light up the world around them so they can show people that it is safe to shine. And then that creates a whole new way of seeing the world and being in the world. There's a real fine line between confidence and arrogance there seems to be in this day and age. People that truly embody this work and know who they are, there's a beautiful confidence about them. People who use tools or uh, frameworks as a weapon as opposed to a tool, the arrogance can come across. And that's just a, they're just words that I'm using because this was just a question that came up for me that someone said, the more someone knows themselves, that seems the more arrogant they became, which is an interesting belief. But I guess where I'm going with this is when we see people and when we look at others with this work, you stop. Well, in my experience, you seem to stop those perceived judgments or even using words like that. And you see people for who they truly are. Something you tapped on at the beginning, I think it was you, Juliet, said, you know, you don't want to play small. We only get one shot at this. And I think it was a Nelson Mandela quote, or it may have been Marianne Williamson. I can't remember. But remember that quote, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. And there was something about it as our light, not our darkness that frightens us most. What is both of your experience then? The more you shine your light, Is it true for you both that the less those judgments or those words, you become very conscious of how you're using them, you start to notice that your words are more empowering, you 
show up better? Like how have you or what do you think is the most pivotal part where people's light starts to outshine their darkness and they stop the external validation, judgments, or any of those sorts of things? What is the big aha for you both? I think there's a a couple different avenues for this, Kim, and I I love that you explained that. Number one, the more inner work you do, the more understanding and unconditional you'll be usually on your perception of other people because your perception of other people is normally a reflection of yourself and your blocks. And so this is where like people that judge people as arrogant usually have some unconscious resistance and triggers around showing up and showing their confidence and showing. So when you suppress your confidence, it's going to be overexpressed somewhere else. And so people will show up with an overdose of confidence and that will actually show up in your world as a shadow monster and, and look arrogant. So when you actually shine your light brightest, you actually cast the biggest shadow. And so people will look at people shining their light brightly and usually hang most of their shadow projections onto or get triggered by them. And so this is where we love teaching shadow work because it brings awareness that anything you see in another person it can only be a reflection of you. And if it emotionally rocks you in one of two flavors, there's really two flavors of shadow. There's things that we're attracted to that we're, we admire, and there's things that we resent and we, we reject and we kind of you know have an aversion to. So some shadow you'll see people like, oh my God, they're so amazing. I'll never be like them. And you think they're so great. They're on a pedestal and you think, oh, they're just so much better than me. And that's you disowning your light. That's you giving away your power to something external. But the truth is you have that. You're just not seeing it. And so that is very disempowering. That's giving away your your superpowers to other people. And the same thing also happens with the, the rejected or disowned shadow, things that we tend to perceive as negative, we don't want to have. So we re- reject them, we repress them in ourselves, and by nature, they have to ex- be expressed somewhere. So people will usually show up around us and trigger us and show us things that are in our shadow, and we'll see it and we'll judge and reject them, but it's really a self-judgment. So really the journey of becoming more unconditionally accepting of self allows you to become more unconditional and accepting of other. So you can see that it's all light. There's only the illusion of negative and, and darkness. And so you shining your light and owning all of yourself and in all forms allows you to love and accept everyone else around you too. So you do you without getting thrown off your lane and without worrying about how other people are going to think you are because you realize that what they think of you is their thoughts. It's not really you. And just like we started this conversation talking about how no one sees the same world, no one sees the same person. Even you, the you you think you are only exists in your mind. Every single person that's met you has their own version of you and it's nothing like the you you think you are. And so this is fascinating because everyone has a version of, let's say someone famous. You can think of someone you know that is a celebrity. No one has the same version of that celebrity in their mind. They all have different versions. And if you went to a conversation, some people say, oh, they're such a this person. You go, really? I didn't see that in them. And someone else goes, well, they're like this. And you go, really? I didn't see that in them. And so everyone will be making up a story of what they think that person is, and it's not that person. Hmm. It's just their perception of that person. So really understanding that no one's ever going to see you, they're just going to see their version of you, that's ultimate freedom. And you know that anything that pushes your button in the external world is a a wound that you have that's showing you some wisdom. And as you integrate and heal that, 
it allows you to step into a fuller, richer version of yourself and allows you to accept other people even more. Can I just add to that, though? I just want to bring this back to a real-life situation. Yeah. Let's just say someone has been emotionally abused, that perhaps they had a parent that uh, wasn't, you know, in their frame of mind, the best parent in their opinion. And, you know, for them growing up, it's really hard for them to let that go or the pain was so grand or they've cut them out of their life or there just seems to be so much struggle and pain around uh, other people's actions and then us holding on to them. Could you both give us a little tip then if someone's listening to this and going, I could never forgive my so-and-so for doing that or I don't know, there just seems to be such sometimes an attachment to not letting someone off the hook. If we've got a beautiful vision of love and self-acceptance, therefore acceptance of others, are you suggesting then that we are accepting of that behavior or the past or our response to that behavior? Could you explain how people work through those kinds of hurts? Absolutely. I think first and foremost, unfortunately, I would say it's going to depend on the person and the specific situation and their specific hurt, of course. But in speaking in general terms, I think one of the first things I always love to remember is a pattern or something, just like what I talked about a moment ago around the people in your life and the situations and the things that quote unquote hurt you, they're here to to shine a light or to show you something or teach you something. And so it's very common for people to say, say, well, I'm not going to see that person anymore because I don't condone their behavior, right? And so the more we resist, the more we persist sometimes. So that kind of pattern of that person might then show up in a future friendship or a future boss or a client or something like that, because there's still something there for us to learn. And I really believe that what the work that we kind of help people do helps people to unravel the the hurts, the emotions, the things like that, so that they can get actually get the learnings and the lessons of, well, what was this teacher here to show me? And what is it that I need to acknowledge or accept or embrace within this situation that's going to help me to get those learnings and move forward and and embody? And sometimes, you know, again, I'm speaking in general terms because it's a general example, but I've had numerous, you know, clients, for example, that they've had, say, an abusive relationship and they've ended the abusive relationship and they've they've stopped seeing that person and then they've actually started noticing that their self-talk over time has actually gotten progressively more and more abusive and so they've actually started emotionally abusing themselves so they stopped externally having that emotional abuse happening but it started popping up internally, for example, because it hasn't fully been healed. So there's a lot of different layers to it and it's something to definitely explore. I think Anytime, you know, I think it's really powerful, of course, to set boundaries, but sometimes boundaries can be also um, a way of, of blocking something. And I believe that you don't necessarily have to set boundaries if the boundaries are already there within yourself. You don't need to necessarily verbally set them, for example, but it's going to be different for every single person based on their uniquely designed personal development course of life. I definitely think that's why we have added in the shadow work element to our trainings, which isn't sort of traditionally taught in NLP trainings because it allows you to look at, well, what is it about that that I'm so judging and is there something about that behaviour that is actually really useful? You know, a lot of people who have, say, abusive situations, let's say, 
maybe they're not fully allowing themselves to use some of their anger or aggression. And if they had just a healthy dose of anger or aggression, then they could assert themselves and say no. But because they maybe have shadow on completely not wanting to seem angry, then they'll bring themselves overly aggressive or abusive or angry people, for example. So it's definitely a a great question and a big question. And I can see Paul's got lots of notes he's been writing down, (laughs) (laughs) contemplating, answering. But I think um, always getting curious about, okay, why this? What is this here to teach me? And it's not it's not to blame yourself. It's from that real perspective of, of okay, let's get curious about how, how if I displayed a healthy dose of the characteristics of what this per- person is displaying, how could that actually serve me to move forward in balance in my life? And I think that's a useful question. Oh, oh, Paul, I was I was expecting you to come in with a whole. I can, I can add in. I'm not sure if Julia answered enough, but like I can definitely share from my life example. I know growing up, I went through a pretty tumultuous like situation, lots of situations actually, and you know people that could say you know a person verbally abused or physically sexually abused. I, I've been through and experienced that in my childhood, right? So I had a lot of hangups and judgment on you know a parental figure growing up and until I realized and and zoomed out on the bigger picture I was very fixated on the things they did the way they did it and the way it made me feel and all that did was reinforce a story and all it did was keep me trapped and made them the victim and made them the you know persecutor and me the victim made me you know somehow the the person who got the wrong end of the stick but when I realized and zoomed out on it I could see the bigger picture because like Juliet said, the suppression of emotions, the the way that you bring and attract the same pattern over and over again in life, those patterns started to become apparent to me, right? And I started to realize a lot about myself. And I realized that obviously in childhood, some emotions as a child are not safe to express. So you suppress them. And by suppressing my anger, by suppressing a whole heap of things, I would bring myself a person that overexpressed those back towards me because it's my energy. And so if you imagine your suppressed emotions are like a boomerang, I don't want to feel this emotion, throw it away. What's a boomerang do? It comes straight back at you. And so those emotions that I was suppressing came back at me through someone who was expressing them. And so as I realized that, I actually learned to integrate and accept those experiences as you know what they were at the time and could see the person differently. I could see my reflection in that person, but also it gave me freedom because holding on to and blaming that person for that being the reason why I can't do this or I can't do that still gave that person power. Even though the situation happened decades ago, it was still controlling me as a person until I learned to let go of the emotions, that freed me. Just like a metaphor I like to talk about how Homer Simpson once was stuck in a vending machine and they tried to get him out but couldn't get him out. And then someone came up and asked him, hey, Homer, are you holding onto a can? He's like, yeah. He goes, why don't you just let it go? Then Homer let go of the can and his hand magically was freed from the machine. By holding onto the emotion, you're actually keeping yourself locked in and trapped and still giving power away to a person and event that probably happened decades ago. And that person isn't even that person anymore. And so what's really funny is the person that I had all these judgments about now is one of the nicest people to me in my world. And it doesn't make any sense because they were the person I thought was the biggest monster ever. Now they're the biggest, softest, gentlest 
could do anything for me person. But that only happened after I let go of what I was holding onto towards them. They literally showed up completely different. And this is where we're really all about empowerment and not letting people's story or past dictate their life because your past doesn't exist anymore. Your story doesn't exist anymore. It's only what you're focusing on and fixating on. And the more you keep replaying a video and zooming it in and focusing on certain things in it, the bigger and worse you make those problems, but they only exist in your mind. And so we want to give people the power of how they run their mind and emotions. And so they can really take ownership and power back from the idea or the the version of the past they're playing in their mind and free it so they can have it in the present moment and they can use that energy to create their future. Because if they don't, they're going to bring themselves that monster in a different form. And a lot of times it's themselves. And so they end up becoming the thing they judge. We've all heard the saying, we tend to become the thing we judge, that he who's without sin throw the first stone. Like a lot of times we end up becoming a shadow monster eventually. So when you own it and embrace it and free yourself, not only will you get freedom and empowerment, but usually the person that you're holding the judgment to ends up transforming and changing too. And you can see a more richer, fuller version of them too. And I think that applies so much to our own self-judgments, right? And perhaps the things that we've thought of as mistakes or things that we've done, inverted commas, wrong in the past. This work also gives us an opportunity to really look in and have more compassion, understanding and expansion around. And as you say, Juliet, getting curious around what it was, what did I learn from it? And how can I be a bigger, better version of myself? I remembered one of the interviews I did with you, Gorgeous Paul, and I did say that we all know that you know, this this was an aha for me. I said, we all know that nature can be brutal. And you called me on it and said, well, that depends where you're sitting from. It's a bad day for the fish, but a good day for the shark. And <laughs> I've never forgotten that because I've it really made me very quickly mindful now of when I have an unconscious belief about something or a judgment on something. And I think that's what this work does is it shines the light on you first and foremost. This isn't about fixing other people or changing other people or wanting the world to fit into our model of the world. This is about you expanding beyond your potential, your beliefs, even what you didn't even know, you didn't even know about yourself. Because let's face it, in those first seven years, our parents may not have known any of this work either. So we also can't hold them accountable for showing us or not showing us these things. And at some point, we choose to put our big girls and boys pants on and actually do the work for ourselves. And I think that's just something that you both gift to this world so powerfully, the way you do it with such love. And I will say with a nice firm um nice persuasion at times for us to work through that. There's just a real beautiful gift. And I don't think I've honestly can say this in all the teachings, coachings, and mentors I've had throughout my life. There is no one, and I say this with hand on heart, that teaches this work the way you two do. And what I probably love also, the fact that you are a partnership, is we get to experience the yin and the yang, the masculine, the feminine, but we also get to appreciate the dynamics of communication with you two up the front. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for all you gift and honor and give to this world. I know that the self-love podcast listener is someone who's curious, is someone who's lived a life but really appreciates the comeback story, the story of those that no matter how tough it gets, they show up, they, they pick themselves up and they work through and grow through whatever it is they're working through. And I just know that someone listening to this 
didn't or may not even realize that this is the key, the answer that they've been looking for. If someone really wanted to reach out to you, I know that you have shown so much love to me that you've actually got a very special and beautiful offer for the person who's listening to this that really is curious and wants to be a better version of themselves and to open up their potentiality, the possibility, and look beyond what they've ever thought was possible. Perhaps you could both give us, um, you know, how we can contact you guys and and this beautiful gift that you were so kind in offering. Thank you, Kim. We are so grateful for your beautiful words and the best thanks we we ask our students and people who study with us is literally doing exactly what you're doing is shining your light as best as you possibly can and having this ripple effect in the world and. One of the things that we we really have a mission that we want to help over a million people evolve through our courses, programs, online content, those sorts of things. And so we've got a movement that we have launched in the last few weeks, which is our HOPE, which stands for Help Other People Evolve Movement. And it's really about it being bigger than us. It's this ripple effect of all of these incredibly unique, diverse, dynamic souls who are not just coaches they are they're what we really call like people who are lighting up this world and showing people the doorway into the inner work I think one of the conversations you and I have had is we live in a day and age where you can make the shifts and the changes right it's a it's a choice to either complain about your life or or start shifting it and get in the driver's seat and do something about it and so what we would love to offer to your listeners um, and we do only have limited spaces we have capacity for five a week and what we are offering your listeners is a a mindset coaching session a 30-minute mindset coaching session with either myself paul or one of our master coaches and this is simply for you to have someone who believes in you more than your problems and really wants to help you to see outside your blind spots, get clarity on something, be able to shift something in your life and get value. Um, And we're offering these to your listeners uh, and they'll also get as a thank you for doing the call because sometimes it can be you know, a confronting stepping up and putting your hand up and speaking to someone about your life and where you might be feeling stuck. So as a thank you at the end of that call, we will give you a signed copy of our brand new Evolve Your Mind book, which is an incredible handbook to help you unravel and understand yourself through the lens of NLP. And it's got activities and guided meditations and timeline therapy processes in it as well for you to listen to as well. So we've got five spots a week and... and- and for the listeners of the Self Love Podcast, we'd love to reward your beautiful community, Kim. And if anyone is interested in finding out about our courses, um, and obviously if you do the call and you want to know more, we'd definitely love to share it with you. We're happy to offer a $250 gift card. So that goes towards one of our practitioner level trainings. If it is right for you and you do want to go on that journey of personal development, you want to not let your story dictate your life. You don't want to have those belief blinds on your face anymore. You want to actually see what's possible for you and step into it. We'd love to help you have that experience. So we definitely would love to share that for your community as well. So we'll share that link with you, Kim, so that your listeners can dive into that. And we've, yeah, we've got the capacity for five people a week to receive that for the next foreseeable future. That is our gift to you and your listeners. 
Well, I just want to say that, in all honesty, that is the most kindest gift, and that really is going to create a ripple effect because to get you to, as a coach, and to hold your attention and your listening skills and your ability to really hear, see, and feel where we're coming from, I cannot begin to tell. I don't even know if we could put a price on that, and I say that with real true um, intention because you cannot put a price on being seen, heard, and felt. And these two have just the most remarkable ability to do that. I also want to reiterate, you don't have to become a coach to use these tools. These tools make you a way better partner, a way better person, a way better sibling, daughter, son, teacher, parent, uh, business person. These, This is the art of communication and understanding what makes us all think. And it also gives us insight the whole way along and shining that light on who we are and more importantly, who we choose to be. And I think when you've spoken so powerfully today around things like our beliefs and our thoughts, our words, our habits, our actions, it just reminds me so much of that Mahatma Gandhi quote, your beliefs become your thoughts, your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your values, your values become your destiny. When you really hone in on what it is that you have in your beliefs, particularly if they're limiting beliefs, if things are holding you back at an unconscious level and you're not even aware of it, but maybe you're just stuck or feeling like life's not easy for you right now or how come or why me, any of those kind of thoughts, that is your invitation. And there is no accidents that you're hearing this right now. Hand on heart, you have just heard the two best facilitators and trainers of NLP, timeline therapy, and hypnotherapy I've ever met. And I've had the privilege of being trained by a number of different people, including Tony Robbins himself. And I just want to say that these guys are just so close, so raw, so real that I cannot reiterate enough. So if you have got an itch, an inkling, Maybe you're flirting with the idea of what could I possibly do next? How can I expand who I am as a human? How can I be a better mum or dad? How can I evolve and be the best and in doing so help other people evolve? Then here's your calling. I will make sure that all the notes uh, and the links are in the notes. And I just want you both to know that I feel so humbled that you chose this podcast to share that with. I feel very special and I know that the listener is going to feel that as well. So we could talk forever, and you and I both know the two, the three of us together. I just these conversations, your conversations elevate. You become way more interested in things beyond even what you thought was real before. Because at the end of the day, nothing is real, and that's the mind-bending rabbit hole we love to spend our time in. But that also gives us so much potential and so much opportunity for growth. Is there a final message from either or both of you to our beautiful self-love podcast listener? And could you give us your website at the end of that? Oh, I just thank you so much for having us on your podcast, Kim. I would just say keep following your nudges, keep following your intuition. Again, as I started, for me, it was just about having patterns show up and themes in my life. And I think, you know, if you hear about something a handful of times, there's probably some some healing and some pretty powerful stuff on the other side of that. Our website is evolveandrelaunch.com.au and we will send you the link for the booking for the coaching session with us and to get a copy of our book and the gift card.
Yeah, and I just I would say the more you work on yourself, the more your world reflects that back. And so making a conscious decision to take action, to focus on you and to grow, that just ripples through everyone you're going to interact with for the rest of your life. So I'd tell everyone to keep evolving and know that your life is unfolding the way it needs to for you to see what you need to see to be who you're going to be and uh, trust the journey. And we'd love to help you on that journey if it sounds right for you. Julian and Paul, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the Self Love Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.